Everything you need is already inside of you. The world would not be what it is without you. When we begin to create change within us, we begin to create change in the world around us. Your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now. Welcome to the Rise Up For You podcast. I am your host, Leanne DeSanto, and we are honored to have you with us today. This podcast is here to serve you and stand alongside your journey to becoming your best self. We are all about the whole person here at Rise Up For You. So don't forget to grab your free Becoming Your Best Self Startup Kit. You can do that by just texting RISE Podcast. That's RISE Podcast, all one word, to 797979. And you can also sign up for our free success coaching call where we can support you both personally and professionally completely complimentary so go ahead and grab your session today and today's guest is Jennifer Longmore and we had a great conversation about money blocks and what really prevents us from creating that abundant life that we, uh, we so want to create and she has for really over 15 years has served her clients in permanently shifting those limiting beliefs and patterns that have held them back in all areas of their life, but especially in creating the wealth and abundance that they deserve. So rise up for you and enjoy this episode with Jennifer Longmore. Well, welcome Jennifer to the Rise Up For You podcast. Thank you. I am over the moon to be here. I feel like we booked this a long time ago and you know, when you're looking forward to something and it feels like it's taking forever. So I'm really excited to dive in today. Absolutely. Me too. I know it's a long time coming. So I'm really excited for our conversation (laughs) today. And so let's dive right in, uh, share a little bit about yourself and, and what you're doing in the world these days. Oh my goodness. How much time do we have? (laughs) Well, I, um, I've been in business now for 16 years. I really started focusing on power of intention and soul purpose and really just about elevating consciousness. And in that particular work, I realized that people really struggled with wealth consciousness. There was a lot of poverty consciousness running the show. And then I also saw in people's businesses, because I believe our business has its own consciousness, I saw people really struggling with that. And so initially I thought, well, how am I going to serve all these different topics, right? Mm-hmm. How do I put them all under one umbrella to make it cohesive? Because up until that point when I switched, I was very woo and I was teaching all kinds of things about, you know, connecting in with guides and all kinds of things. And, um, but it actually worked out really well. And so here we are 16 years later, and I've been privileged enough to, to serve over 100,000 people in over 100 com- uh, countries and do over 30,000 sole purpose sessions. I feel like the shift in the world that we're having has really, I, I've been prepared for this moment. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I had a deep sense of purpose, and now I have an even, even greater sense of purpose and really trying to inspire as many people as possible to get excited about you know this way in which we're navigating the planet and navigating humanity and um so i have a bit of a flame under my butt and Mm -hmm. i think some people are appreciating that passion and other people are like what happened (laughs) right right well i i love that you know conversation because i think now more than ever people are seeing how science and spirituality are coming together 
how business and purpose is coming together. It's, it's in the past, I felt it was more building your business, making the money, you know, and now it's, it's people more and more CEOs and, and business people I speak with. It's like, yes, we need to be able to sustain the message and make money, but also I want to have meaning in my life. I want to be doing things that, that energize me and that make me excited. And so that purpose side is, is now coming to the forefront too in, in, in how people run their businesses. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I think solo has always been in corporations. People like to give corporations a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Corporations are filled with human beings and human beings in my belief anyways have souls. So I, I believe that every corporation has its own consciousness. And of course, everyone in there has, has consciousness as well. And a lot of people will poo-poo different uh, companies. And I think more so than ever, we need to be supporting people in whatever role they're in because all of us have life events that are thrown at us. That, And it's usually through the stuff that's not so fun, right, that gets thrown at us that forces us to say, okay, surely my life must have deeper meaning and deeper mm-hmm. purpose. And how do I, how do I package that up and share it with the world in a way that I'm actually making a difference? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about your, um, you know, how you help people get past these beliefs and these blocks they have, especially around money. I love that you're asking that because I've learned, so to, to backtrack a little bit, <clears throat> to give you a sense of how my brain works, I was trained as a forensic investigator and worked in that role for many years. So my brain just is naturally trained to look for patterns of behavior. And so as I was coaching folks on their purpose, they were constantly throwing money under the bus. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love to live my purpose, but... I can't because of money. Oh, I'd love to leave this relationship and live my purpose, but I can't because I don't have the money or this person owes me money or it was always something related to money. And I thought, geez, like that's poor money, right? Money's getting a bad rap here. What did money ever do, right? What's really going on here? And then at the same time, I was coaching a, a ton of people in business and I saw just how much effort people put into not making money but giving themselves the illusion that they were being productive, right? What they were doing was being busy rather than productive. Mm. And they were leaving a ton of money on the table. So I thought, okay, well, I better get to the bottom of this because everyone keeps asking me why money isn't showing up. And I know based on what they're telling me, I can see very clearly why it's not showing up, but I need to get to the root of it. These are just symptoms. So I realized that there's kind of five main blocks that we have around money. One is that we associate money with power and we tend to have a fear of power, either because people come at us when we're in our power or we see people who have power misuse it. And so if we equate money and power, we're going to unconsciously reject the very thing that's going to give us the thing that we're afraid of, either misusing or having it used against us. Money is just really influence. It buys us a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. It gives us a different voice. It gives us a different level of credibility in places where we need to have more influence, right? To to have mm-hmm. our agenda served. And by that, I mean our pure agenda, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's one of the blocks people have. The second is that we have been conditioned to believe we're not worthy. It's really hard to let in something that places value on things if we don't feel that we're valuable and worthy of whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's... A, pretty core belief. I feel like we work on that throughout life. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
our money journey as it is, is, is just that it's a journey where it's not about whether we have a money story. It's about how healthy it is. And are we committing to constantly looking at what are my mindset blocks around money? And also, am I willing to amp up my financial literacy? Mm. I think with, you know, what's going on in the economy, we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know that we have to make our financial literacy a priority. And by that, I don't just mean money mantras and understanding our money blocks. I mean, literally, it's the money mindset piece that allows us to look money in the eyes differently. That's why I'm so passionate about talking about it. Mm. It's when I worked on my own money mindset that allowed me to hear the guidance I was getting from financial advisors. Prior to that, I had my fingers in my ears. La, 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 I don't want to listen, right? Which is what most of us do. I don't want to look at my bank statements. I don't want to see what money's coming in. And right. like I used to avoid my financial advisor like the plague. Manage my money, but I don't want to talk about it. Right. I don't want to be restricted and, on some uh, budget so or whatever. Of, yeah, yeah. Totally. totally. We, we, I shouldn't say we, but most of us, get very triggered by looking money in the eyes. And it's, again, a journey. So I'm able to look money in the eyes way more easily now than before. But even there's times my accountant talks to me or emails me for something and I have a visceral irritation because Mm -hmm. he's asking me to look at money and I just might not have it in me at that moment. And I've done a lot of work, right? So Mm -hmm. I know that it's a journey. Do you feel, uh, can I interrupt you real real fast on that? Do you feel for you that um, you feel it, it's a judgment? You feel he might be judging you or judging? Is that Does that come in for you? For sure, yeah. I look at it from the outside and go, what's wrong with you? You should be further along, right? We're very <laughs> right. good at shutting on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the money issue really is that we all have participated in a blame-shame judgment game that's mm-hmm. been projected onto us. That's a lot of the rules of engagement on this planet. Mm-hmm. We get it in school, we get it with, you know, jobs and government and family, we have these different shame spirals that get flung at us all the time. And we project that onto money, money, if we look at it just as an energy is neutral, it becomes what we believe it to be. And mm-hmm. so part of what I help people do is dismantle the stories that they don't even know they projected onto money, nobody's going out of their way to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. We really can't see our blind spots. And So part of why I like to take this message on the road is to at least give people an opening to say, okay, yeah, actually, if I look at my patterns with money, that one really stands out as something that I probably need to look at. Mm. Another thing, and this is a big one for me, is uh, the tall poppy syndrome. So this is the third block we have around money. This is a big thing in Australia, but really, I think it's, it's relevant for people around the world where if people don't know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, it's when you, you know, one poppy grows taller than all the other poppies. And I used to have that in school. I just, I just learned quickly. I don't know why I have an eidetic memory so I could memorize things easily. I, you know, I just, Mm -hmm. I I could hold information differently. I didn't know that my brain was working differently. I don't think I'm smarter than anyone. My brain just worked differently than how school was teaching kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, I was constantly having my name called out. Oh, Jennifer got an A plus on this. And all the rest of you suck. You got, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like back then they used to read out your name in order of who got the highest grades. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would always die. I was like, no, don't read out my name. Please don't read out my name. Mm -hmm. 
But then if my name wasn't at the top, then the teacher would kind of shame me or whoever else should have been at the top saying, how come you guys didn't work harder? How come this person surpassed you? It was a very, you know, wasn't um, a very encouraging environment. That kind of motivation does not work for me. But I learned that when when you excel at sports and when you excel at school and life seems to be good, people don't like that, right? And so I had to contract and find ways to dull my light and mm-hmm. ask, you know, make statements in the form of questions to make it sound like, you know, I don't know, what do you think? And all that kind of stuff that we can do. Right. So we tend to not want all areas of our life to go really well or else we stand out and people tend to not like us right I don't mean all people of course there are people that love it when we're shining our light but as a general population people tend to get triggered by that Mm -hmm. the fourth thing is um is leaving the tribe behind so we know for dieting for example If we're dieting and then we go to a family gathering and someone's like, oh, your aunt so-and-so baked this pumpkin pie. What do you mean? That's so rude. Why why can't you just do your diet tomorrow? Well, and people get very offended that you're not joining them and participating in the story that you're trying to evolve. And if our families, for example, have engaged and bonded over poverty consciousness and people commiserate over it and we feel close to each other when we're struggling and we're suffering and there's hardship, And yet we know we have, um, you know, a different destiny or all of a sudden we open up and we start expanding our consciousness, then we can feel like we have a double-edged sword. Like I've got to choose between my family and pretending like I enjoy what they're doing, but now it doesn't feel very good or join this new tribe, knowing that my, my original tribe might be offended. They might banish me. We're very tribal by nature, right? We've spent eons being in tribes. And Mm -hmm. so we just are very physiologically wired to want to be a part of a tribe and Mm -hmm. to keep the tribe happy and not get banished from the tribe. Mm -hmm. So that can be another reason why people push and pull with money. They let it in and then they freak out. I see it all the time with my clients, right? Because all of a sudden they know people are going to start treating them differently or they expect it, right? We we tend to expect the past to repeat itself. So... Uh, the fifth one is speed and this one uh, most people are not aware of or it's not that they're not aware of it they just haven't considered it before money creates speed i know that to be true i always heard that when i bought my first uh when i went into real estate for the first time and here i was this healy feely person i just thought i was gonna do this work and you know i didn't see myself as an investor but i kept being guided to invest in real estate and I realized in my investigating of of how to go about it that uh, it was going to take me a long time. If I was going to fly down to auctions and try and bid on houses, if I was going to try and negotiate with really small counties to buy tax liens when they didn't know what I was talking about, and it was all, it just wasn't going to be worth it, that it would actually make more sense for me to hire someone to do the work for me and do a profit share, for example. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And in five minutes, I made like, or I acquired $2 million in assets in a, in a five minute phone call. And I'd always heard that it's a lot easier to add zeros than it's not, but I didn't believe it until that time. Mm-hmm. And I called my friend right away and I'm like, oh my God, I just acquired all of this. Oh my God. She's like, you're, you're a multimillionaire now. And I'm like, oh, and it didn't feel good because mm-hmm. I hadn't fully caught up to the fact, right? It it created so much speed for me, 
But then I had what I call expansion hangover when you have these great things happen, but all of a sudden you're like, ugh, I am an expansion hangover, we'll get sick, or we'll have someone else's drama that kind of pulls us into their vortex. There's just different ways that can show up. Mm-hmm. But then when I got used to it and I kind of calibrated to that new awareness of, oh, money creates speed, this can actually be fun. I started allowing money in more and more. I started delegating more and more. I started just um, constantly living in the what's next. Because we've been conditioned to believe that speed is dangerous, we don't, again, know we're doing it, but we will push and pull with money if we are afraid of the speed it's going to create on our life. Because we're often afraid of what's going to happen on the other side of the rainbow, right? Mm. What's yeah, I often ask my clients, what's the worst case scenario when you finally have a full roster of clients that you keep saying you want? What's the worst case scenario when you finally have 100K months, when you've been telling yourself you want that year after year after year? Because mm. that's actually what we're buffering ourselves from. Mm. We know how to handle hardship. We know how to handle struggle. We, we don't always know how to handle the good stuff. And we're already anticipating something bad is going to happen. And then we respond to it as though it's already happening. Right. So when you ask them that, are they... Are they afraid of the um, the time commitment, the work commitment? Do they feel they're going to be more stifled? Like, what is a common response when you know people yeah. when ask that question? Common responses. I love that you asked that. Is um, the fear of responsibility? Mm. I already feel responsible for the people I'm currently serving. What's going to happen when I let more people into my life? Mm-hmm. The second thing is, I, I've already had to work so hard to have this income. How much harder am I going to have to work to have that income because I'm already burnt out and I just want to go under the sheets and sleep for (laughs) a year, right? (laughs) And then uh, another thing is they're afraid of being taken advantage of. So they're either afraid of, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a a client right now who uh, is from the Philippines and her family, they, they just have it in their culture and she's shared this with me that you take care of your family. And so a lot of people will come to North America, they'll make money and they're just expected. There's an entitlement that you just send everything back. Mm. And then they ask you to work harder and harder because they'll start to increase their lifestyle over there and then expect you to work harder in North America to then send more money over there to support the new lifestyle that they've gotten (laughs) accustomed to. And so part of them, you know, and I've heard this from many clients that I've had that have worked in the Philippines. This is just an example, but there's many cultures that do this, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's just an expectation that you take care of everyone and not from a place of love, but from a place of, again, entitlement and none of us like that feeling, Mm -hmm. right? None of us like having people that just expect us to do things because they've snapped their fingers and they want us to jump. It's very different when it comes from an energy of contribution versus, yes. you know, the guilt trips and stuff like that. It just doesn't feel clean. Yes. So that would be an example. And I hear that a lot. Or, you know, I've had clients that have, they just feel like people are always out to get them. Someone's always trying to screw them. Someone's always trying to overcharge them. And so they are reluctant to make more money because they already are expecting the other shoe to drop. I have a client that's been in a lawsuit for 11 years now. She won't let it go Mm. because someone uh, took her intellectual property and he offered to settle with her, but she is really attached to being right. And so here she is now about $4 million into legal fees Mm. when she was offered a high six figure settlement, right? Because she, there's a bigger point she's trying to prove and 
at the end of the day, nobody's really going to care. Do you know what I mean? Like when it's all said and done and at some point it will come to an end, it's not going to feel for her the way she thinks it's going to feel. Right. So she's losing more than she's gaining. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, I, um, well, I, I've advised her that I'm not going to be able to cook anymore just because at some point I can't keep participating in Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. Like there's, <laughs> there's other stuff going on there that I'm going to need you to go somewhere else for. Absolutely. That's not, not how I want to be. You know, I can't keep coaching you on the same information. Yeah. All that to say that um, we, in general, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's growing our business, whether it's making more money, we are wired to protect ourselves and we unknowingly expect the past to repeat itself. So if we don't heal our relationship with the past, we're already acting as though the past is going to bubble up again when we, you know, it's kind of like dating, right? If someone cheated on us in the past, Mm -hmm. we're already making that new person we're dating paying for pay for the sins of someone that came before them and so we do that energetically as well in our business and money and so on so a good chunk of the work is getting people excited and feeling safe about having more and surrounding themselves with people that celebrate them for doing that and have their wealth consciousness at a level where it's safe for them to have those conversations without having to contract Right, right. Do you think the first step um, obviously in our little brief time together is so many directions we can go in this conversation I just love it but do you think that um kind of recognition and awareness is the first step like oh yeah I did get these messages as as a kid you know money doesn't grow on trees or you know people that have money are bad or you know I mean all of these underlying kind of subconscious we don't even know necessarily is running in the background that and then our behavior is manifesting that right so is, is do you feel just like the awareness of, yes, yeah, something's going on. There's a pattern here is the first step for people. Absolutely. Because as the old adage goes, we can't heal what we don't have awareness of. So mm. it's not about me coming on here to poke out wounds. It's literally to illuminate what might be under the surface. Cause we all have blind spots, myself included. Mm. And um, that's why it's actually kind of fun. Money is a great healer. Money's a, a great tool to illuminate the stuff that already needed to be healed that has nothing to do with money. Mm. And so if we can actually have fun with it and enjoy what it reveals to us and helps us to see the stuff that's already asking to be, you know, properly dealt with instead of putting band-aids on it, we actually can have more freedom in all areas of our life because when we what you know, what we do in one area ripples out into all others. Yeah, and I once heard the phrase money's a magnifier and with some clients I've worked with, I, I sense that, that, you know, if you're a good person without it, you're going to be a good person with it. You know, I think people think they're going to change if all of a sudden they make more money or all these fears about responsibility, but it, you are who you are and it's a magnifier, I believe. Do you, do you think that too? Absolutely. I love that you brought that up because people, are worried about that oh i'm going to turn into an evil person (laughs) money is the root of all evil right and yeah if you're an evil person and i say that jokingly of course right because i i highly doubt anyone listening (laughs) is evil (laughs) but we can look at some people in the world who we perceive as as having a lack of consciousness or maybe being narcissistic or whatever and Mm -hmm. being like how come you know they have money if money has consciousness and and we evolve and as we evolve, we have more money. How come they have more have money and they're acting kind of shady? 
just like you said, right? Money will magnify. Money doesn't make us, having money doesn't make us any more or less spiritual. Not having money doesn't make us any more or less spiritual. Mm. It just magnifies what's already there. And so if we can use that as the tool, then it really is a gift. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Well, all right. That's so powerful. (laughs) And I know, like I said, we could, we could talk, you know, eons about this topic because it is, is so big and people are so divided about it, but let's jump into the uh, power section of the interview. So I want to ask you a few questions uh, that I know will really serve our audience. So first one is what is one book that's had a massive impact on you? There are many. (laughs) I really had a hard time deciding this one. I think one of the, the, I like books that I can keep going back to and reading and getting something new from. So Mm -hmm. one of my favorite books is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, anytime we grow, anytime we're upper limiting, it's a good book to go back and listen to. So um, the other book is The Big Leap. I think that's that's a great read for everyone. And I'm sure people listening have already listened to that or read that. But again, these are books that are worthwhile going back to. Yeah, yeah. I know I liked you. Those are my two favorites too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely love them. Yeah, great, great choices. Um, okay, how about a quote that you live by? I uh, have a lot, but there's a quote that says, um, I will not give you permission to walk through my mind with dirty feet. So I am a big believer in boundaries. I realized a long time ago, you know, when I worked in forensics, obviously I had to really use how to learn how to use my power not to underuse it, not to overuse it, how to really hold myself in my personal power. And by way of that, I had to set a lot of boundaries and I attract people because of just what I built into my chart, I guess you could say, that want to pull on that. So I have to be really vigilant about who I let in my space because I've got big work here to do on the planet and I can't have the density of other people's, you know, less than less than elevated beliefs and patterns in my field. And because mm-hmm. I work with people the way I do and do deep work. I have, I have a policy that I will help you work on your stuff, but I won't let you run your stuff on me because mm. there's a big difference. Yeah. And, uh, and so if, as long as I stay in alignment with that, which is my own personal quote, <laughs> life, <laughs> life tends to go pretty, pretty smoothly. Fantastic. Love that. If you could leave the world with one final message, one golden nugget, what would it be? I would say that you are here for a reason and it's our job to figure out what that reason is and then share that reason with as many people as we possibly can. Mm, Nice, nice. Uh, And how can we find you and support you? Well, I, uh, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I have a group called the Purpose Posse, which is for um, spiritual entrepreneurs. Mm. And I also uh, obviously have a website. It's www.souljourneys.ca. So you can also find me there as well. I have some free gifts on my website. I have some money freebies and things like that. I spend a little bit of time on LinkedIn and I have my team manage my Instagram. So nice. uh, nothing personal, but if you reach out on Instagram, I'm it's 
not going to be me that responds. <laughs> I'll respond after the fact. <laughs> yeah, well, we love that honesty. That's great. And we'll make sure the links are in the, in the show notes too, because yeah, I mean, sometimes we need a team to help too, you know, but, uh, but thank you for that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and especially some of the freebies and, and the money stuff, because I know we only barely scratched the surface of, of some of that. So um, definitely recommend people go there and, and get that information because it's so, so important. And uh, one more question. So as you know, we're Rise Up For You. So when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you? Uh, It means to me that I, I believe we are all a perfect universe. We all have stars that sparkle in our own internal universe, right? And we already are complete and then our job is really just to dust off some of the stars that maybe got a little bit dimmed by situations or what people said to us or whatever i believe we're already whole we don't need to be fixed and our job is to continue to illuminate our greatness with the world Mm, beautiful well thank you so much for your time today very eye-opening and i know it served our audience and uh And again, just thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in the world. It's beautiful. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode, but until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.